Welcome to the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, where we bring you the craziest stories happening all around the world. We have a mixed bag today, so hope you enjoy. Here are the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month for the new year, January 2024. Number 5. A Facade of Innocence It's a sad truth, especially among young people it seems, that friendships can be very fleeting. When you're growing up, your world is small, and so it doesn't take a huge act of betrayal for a person to cut off ties with a friend. It can be something innocuous, and sometimes it doesn't actually have to be anything at all. In Birchwood, England, tragedy unfolded that showcased a terrifying example of exactly this. Brianna Gray, a confident 16-year-old full of life and dreams, became the center of a horrifying plot. And her story is not just a tale of betrayal and loss, but also a chilling reminder of the darkness that can lurk in the most unexpected of places. Brianna was last seen with two of her friends, a boy and a girl who were both 15 years old, whose identities had been withheld by the courts. And they were near a local bus stop, and what appeared to be a casual meeting among friends was in reality the final act of a sinister plan weeks in the making. Behind the facade of teenage innocence, the boy and girl, who will call X and Y, harbored a dark obsession. Thousands of text messages exchanged between them revealed a messed up narrative. Their conversations were not of schoolwork or adolescent crushes, but of murder methods, potential victims, and a disturbing thirst for killing. Their target, for no specific reason other than easy access, was Brianna, a friend and confidant who, unbeknownst to her, had been marked for death. The messages showed an escalation of intent. Initially, they considered various methods, stabbing, hanging, even a drug overdose. They debated victims, but eventually their focus narrowed in on Brianna. In a disturbing twist, the girl, X, had attempted to poison Brianna with a lethal dose of ibuprofen weeks before the murder. Brianna fell ill but survived, unaware completely of the malicious intent behind her sickness. The final plan was laid out with cold precision. A handwritten note detailed the steps, lure Brianna to a secluded area in Kolchek Linear Park, and attack her simultaneously, a stab in the back and another in the stomach. The code word, a signal for the commencement of their heinous act, was all that was needed. On February 11th of 2023, they executed their plan and Brianna was later found in the park, a victim of 28 stab wounds across all areas of her body. The brutality was stark, but what was more alarming was the age and the nature of her assailants, her friends. The aftermath of the murder revealed more disturbing details. The boy, Y, had Brianna's blood on his clothes and had purchased the hunting knife used in the attack. The girl, X, appeared to have orchestrated the murder, with prosecutors suggesting she trained Y to be her assassin. This tragedy raises unsettling questions about the nature of friendship and trust. Brianna, in her final moments, was betrayed by those she considered friends. The case also sheds light on the complex interplay of mental health issues and young offenders. 
Both X and Y were diagnosed with autism spectrum disorders, with X also displaying traits of autism and ADHD. The swift conviction of the two teenagers brought a semblance of justice within just a couple weeks, but the pain and loss remain, and both X and Y will receive life sentences for the brutal attack on an innocent friend. Number 4. The Unraveling A Family's Tragic Hunt In the vast wilderness of Zambia, where big game hunting is a pursuit for many, a hunting trip back in 2016 unfolded into a mystery that would devastate a family. Because it was here, amidst the untamed beauty of Kafu National Park, that the life of Bianca Rudolph, an avid hunter herself, was cut short under mysterious circumstances. And her husband, Larry, who was a dentist back in Pennsylvania, found himself at the center of suspicion. The Rudolphs had been married for 34 years, and as they shared a passion for hunting, this trip to Africa in late September of 2016 was meant for Bianca to hunt a leopard, a common endeavor for hunters in those parts. The expedition took an unforeseen and tragic turn on the morning of October 11th, when Bianca was found by her husband, bleeding from a chest wound inflicted by a browning shotgun. The narrative that unfolded was one of a tragic accident. The shotgun, supposedly left loaded from the previous day's hunt, had gone off while Bianca was packing it. But there were suspicions as to if that's what actually happened. At the time, their children, Julian and Anna Bianca, stood firmly beside their father. Showing their strong family loyalty, they declared in sworn affidavits their unwavering belief in their father's innocence. There was no way he could have ever pulled the trigger, or maybe that's just what they wanted to believe. Because as the wheels of justice slowly turned, revealing more and more of the obscured truth, Julian's faith in his father began to waver, ultimately collapsing under the weight of evidence presented in court. The U.S. federal authorities, unswayed by the initial ruling of accidental discharge by Zambian law enforcement, dug deeper, and they uncovered a motive far more sinister than a mere hunting mishap. Larry Rudolph was accused of orchestrating the death of his wife to claim millions in life insurance benefits. The charges were severe, foreign murder and mail fraud. Despite Rudolph's denial and attempts to reassure his children of his innocence, the shadows of doubt grew longer and darker. The trial, set against the backdrop of a U.S. district court in Denver, became a stage for revelations that would shake any family to its core. The prosecution presented a narrative of a calculated murder, not an accident. Shockingly, Rudolph's own confession to his longtime girlfriend, Lori Milliron, became a focal point with his alleged words, I killed my effing wife for you, which echoed chillingly in the courtroom. As Rudolph took the stand insisting on the accidental nature of his wife's death, the jury remained unconvinced. And the verdict was a resounding declaration of his guilt, sentencing him to life in prison. Milliron, too, faced the consequences of her involvement, receiving a 17-year sentence for being an accessory to the crime. 
Julian's testimony about his mother was a poignant reminder of the human cost of this tragedy. Through tears, he recounted his memories of Bianca, not just as a mother, but as a best friend. The saga of a family torn apart by betrayal and loss underscores the profound and often unpredictable nature of human relationships, leaving a haunting question, how well do we really know those closest to us? Number 3. The Haunting of Nigel Ramsey In the historic village of Lower Peelver in England, the Crown Inn stands as a testament to centuries of history. Nigel Ramsey, its latest custodian, thought taking it over would be an interesting venture for him and certainly never anticipated that his role as the pub's landlord would plunge him into a strange experience that defies logical explanations. As Nigel was settling into his new role this past March, he had an accident that at first seemed just that, an accident. While closing the beer cellar down in the basement, an iron bar dislodged from the wall, striking him in the head and causing a brain bleed. It was a very scary incident, but it was one Nigel attributed to misfortune. However, more strange things began to occur that would make him believe that something and actually thrown the iron rod at him. Because the Crown Inn started exhibiting unsettling phenomena after that. Glasses with no apparent cause catapulted off shelves and came smashing to the ground. A TV remote, as if propelled by an unseen force, soared across the bar. Even the mundane act of sitting became a hazard as a stool collapsed under Nigel. Whispers, faint and inexplicable, accompanied his movements through the pub. It was as if the very walls of the Crown Inn were watching and talking to him. Seeking an understanding to all this, Nigel then turned to psychic medium Deborah Davies and the Ghost of Britain team led by Lindsay Steer. Their investigation, intended to shed light on the occurrences, deepened the mystery Deborah, a seasoned investigator of the paranormal encounter, which she described as the most chilling electronic voice phenomenon or EVP recording of her career, and was a revelation that would shake the foundations of Nigel's skepticism. The pub's history intertwined with the villages revealed a true story from back in 1821. Maria Rathbone, a young girl who was barely eight tragically died after being sent out on an errand that winter. Her body was discovered frozen and clutching bacon near the pub. The inquest and wake held within the walls of the Crown Inn marked her untimely end, but Deborah's insights painted a darker picture, and it was one of foul play. Deborah's guidance was unequivocal Nigel should never be alone in the pub. The presence haunting the Crown Inn was not just that of young Maria, but also, more ominously, the man who had taken her life. Videos of the ghost hunt here went viral, turning the Crown Inn into a magnet for the curious and brave. Deborah continued her efforts to cleanse the pub of its malevolent visitor, a task daunting even for a seasoned psychic, and she reported encountering not one, but eleven spirits during their investigation. For Nigel, the experiences have been transformative. Once a skeptic, he now finds himself at the center of a ghostly narrative, 
his pub a stage for the supernatural. And so, is this some sort of ploy to get more people to visit the pub, or is something very strange happening over in England? Number two, the mystery of Jewel Langford. The year 1975 was a period marked by its own cultural and social revolutions, yet it was about to be remembered for a more sinister reason in eastern Ontario, Canada. Because on a spring day that year, a local farmer going about his routine stumbled upon something he never expected. And there, in the meandering waters of the Nation River, was the body of a woman. She had brown hair that had been dyed, strawberry blonde, and well-manicured nails. But her true identity was unknown and her story untold. The only clues were the neckties binding her and the evident signs of strangulation. So, they knew she was killed and that it was a murder, but this discovery ultimately marked the beginning of a mystery that would span nearly half a century because no one knew who she was or who had killed her. For years, she was simply known as the Nation River Lady, an unidentified victim in one of Canada's most perplexing cold cases. But eventually, the advancements in forensic science would be used to cast light on this long-forgotten tale. It wasn't until 2020 and an unprecedented breakthrough that forensic genealogy provided the missing pieces of this puzzle. Investigators from the Ontario Police, utilizing a public DNA database, finally unearthed the true identity of the Nation River Lady. She was Jewel Parchman Langford, a 48-year-old American woman hailing from Tennessee. Far from just another name, Langford was a prominent figure in her community, a business owner and the president of the Jackson chapter of the American Businesswoman's Association. Her journey to Montreal in April of 1975 was meant to be just another chapter in her vibrant life, but fate had something else in mind. As the case unraveled, it emerged that Langford had been reported missing by her family, but since Ontario and Tennessee were so far apart geographically, the two places never connected. But the investigation took a dramatic turn when Rodney Nichols, an 81-year-old former Montreal resident, now residing in Hollywood, Florida, was charged with the murder. This recent revelation, coupled with the fact that Nichols and Langford were acquainted, painted a complex narrative of connections and betrayals. The case, distinguished as Canada's first to be solved through forensic genealogy, remained cold for decades. The painstaking work of matching DNA profiles to relatives finally brought closure to a story that had long been etched in uncertainty and sorrow. Dirk Hewer, Ontario's chief coroner, recounted the profound impact of revealing the truth to Langford's family, a moment of heart-wrenching closure mixed with the agony of reliving a tragic loss. In March last year, Langford's remains were finally returned to the United States, where a memorial service and burial took place, symbolizing a long-overdue farewell. The Ontario Provincial Police, in a strategic move, withheld details of the case until recently, ensuring the integrity of their investigation. Number 1. The Unveiling of Donna Lass 
and the vast serene landscape surrounding Lake Tahoe, a mystery that had lingered for decades quietly came to a resolution. Donna Lass, a 25-year-old nurse, had vanished without a trace back in 1970, leaving behind a life seemingly paused in midair. Her disappearance remained an unsolved puzzle for South Lake Tahoe, but eventually the long-hidden truth would finally be revealed, and there are possible links to none other than the notorious Zodiac Killer. The year was 1986, 16 years after Lass's enigmatic disappearance. Off the beaten path near the intersection of Highway 20 and Interstate 80, a discovery was made. A lone skull, isolated and bearing no clues to its origin, was unearthed. A silent witness to an untold story was carefully preserved by the Placer County Coroner's Office, yet it would take decades more before its secrets were found. And fast forward to a recent breakthrough by a dedicated cold case team established to breed life into forgotten mysteries. Their determination led to a pivotal decision to submit the preserved skull for DNA testing, and the results of this endeavor found a match connecting the skull to a living relative of Donna Lass. This breakthrough was far more than just a scientific triumph. It was a poignant moment of closure for a family that had waited for answers for over 50 years. Donna Lass, remembered as a dedicated nurse at a casino in State Line, Nevada, had been a vibrant presence in the community. The day before she disappeared, Lass was seen walking with a young blonde man near her newly rented apartment. Her sudden disappearance left behind her brand new car and all her belongings. The shadow of the Zodiac Killer, who haunted Northern California in the late 1960s, loomed over Lass's case. Amateur sleuths and law enforcement alike pondered over a chilling possibility. Was Donna Lass actually one of his victims? This theory was fueled by cryptic postcards and a haunting Christmas card sent to Lass's sister after her disappearance. In it, was a symbol resembling that of the Zodiac Killer, along with the words Sierra Club, Sought Victim 12, and Peek Through the Pines, as well as the upside-down phrase, Around in the Snow. Whether or not she was a victim of the Zodiac will be hard to prove given the fact that the Zodiac himself has never been named, but the resolution of Donna Lass's case highlights the power and potential of investigative genetic genealogy. This technique, having cracked several high-profile cases like the Golden State Killer, represents a beacon of hope in the darkest of mysteries, yet it also casts a shadow of ethical and privacy concerns, stirring debates about the implications of such advancements. So there, with the strange and scary mysteries of the month, for the start of the new year, January 2023. I'm Andrew, and I want to thank you for tuning in. If you like this, we also have exclusive content over on our Patreon, where we cover a variety of other topics, plus there's an entire library you get access to, and it's free to sign up. That link is down below in the description box. You won't just be getting more content, but also helping to support us. Thanks again for tuning in, and all our supporters. I'll see you guys in the next one.